0: All right, DJ and PK, it's time now to talk a little football with former Cougar quarterback, current BYU football radio analyst, Riley Nelson. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Morning, and PK, it's kill or be killed, right? (laughs) Exactly, Riley,
1: yes. See, here's a man who knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. He's been out there. He's battled, so he speaks truth right from the
0: start. That's right. Hey, we got a question up on our Facebook page, and I want you to answer it, Riley. You can go to DJ and PK, or you can hit me up on Twitter, David DJ James. We're asking people, it's time for predictions. What will BYU's record be? Where will they get the big wins? Where will they suffer the painful losses? What do you think? What are your expectations? Knowing full well, you know, games are unpredictable and they'll probably cross you up, but you you probably still have expectations going into this.
2: Yeah, so uh, for me, kind of best-case scenario, I kind of break their schedule down into into the months that they play like the first four the middle four and the last four uh best case scenario is that they can squeak out uh at least in my opinion two wins in the first month which I think everybody you know would be relatively ecstatic about um the middle month which I think has some trap games and three of the four being on the road At best case scenario I think they go three and one and then best case scenario I think they finish the season four and oh worst case for me is is one and four or one and three, potentially 0 and four. Although I do see him sneaking, even in a bet, in a worst case scenario, I sneak him out one in the first month. Uh, that second month, uh, two and two, because I think uh, Boise and Utah State are going to be tough games. But I think uh, assuming they can. Uh, Account for the style differences against Toledo, and I know South Florida's got athletes and those boys, but their program and the discipline—if you just watch their play—they're pretty sloppy. So I think two and two there, and then uh, you know San Diego State poses the biggest challenge in that last in that last month. So for me, a, a best case scenario um, is probably um, like a nine and three, which I, I know is very optimistic, and maybe shows a little bit of the homer in me. And a worst case is six and six.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I like the way you did that. Uh, To me, you know, this streak has taken on somewhat of a mini life of its own, and the streak at some point is going to be broken for sure. But I don't think that whenever that streak is broken – whether it's this year, next year, whenever, I don't think it's going to be broken simply because the law of averages is going to take over and you're going to win the game because you can't lose to them forever. I think in order to beat Utah, particularly this year, you're going to have to play at a high level. That's what it's going to take. And you're going to have to play at that high level virtually the whole game, recognizing there's some ebb and flows of the game. Because if you look at the number of games that have gone by, there have been times clearly when they've hung with Utah and actually dominated Utah, but then they don't finish the game as recently as last year. So, recognizing that they have to play well, what would be some of the specifics that you need to see in order for the Cougars to win?
2: So, um, I know you can't prove something by a negative, but it, and I have been, as I've been talking with people about this game, If BYU does not give up a special teams or defensive touchdown, which they have done in seven out of the eight games during this losing streak, while never producing a non-offensive touchdown, they they are yet to produce a defensive and special teams touchdown. But if they can simply, I believe if they can simply prevent Utah from doing so, I think they win the game. I think there's enough mojo. I think they have enough talent. It being at home, the pressure is mounting uh utah still i I know they've got a lot of dudes back but key players are namely covey moss and huntley are coming back off season ending injuries and and it being a week one start there nobody's quite sure what they have uh, you know in the hand that they've been dealt for this season so that is that to me is the biggest thing it the game last year turned on the pick six by jalen johnson uh you know thinking even back to to my career that game in 2012 we had a missed shotgun snap that got over my head, scooped and scored for a touchdown. That was a 14-point swing because we were inside the red zone. You look at that game where, you know, Taysom Hill threw the hitch that bounced off the face mask on the first play of the game that was returned for a touchdown. All of these are tone-setting, momentum-changing game plays. And I think if BYU, you mentioned that BYU has proven they can hang. I think they can hang if they just don't give up that that uh, that defensive or special teams touchdown, which would not only shift the momentum on, between the lines, but I think quite honestly will deflate the entire crowd sitting in the seats at Cougar Stadium and make it really tough to overcome.
0: Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst joining us. Uh, you talked about the guys coming off season-ending injuries. You you had your fair share of the injuries. Uh, why do you spotlight that? How do you think that's going to impact the game?
2: Well, I just you know, Covey's game, so let's start with Covey's He's a local kid and and obviously someone I played with his older brother at BYU and someone who I hope has a lot of success, but his game is short, quick, hard. You know, he's putting a lot of force into the ground. He's putting a lot of force on those joints, and to do that in his knee. And Now, I, I'm not even sure they've been very coy about how they utilize him. I uh, quite honestly think they'll ramp him up, uh, if not even maybe wait until Pac-12 play, pack play before he's even full goal. But then you've got, Zach, well, you've got Tyler Huntley coming off a collarbone injury, which he's yet to take a life. He's yet to get landed on. He's yet to be driven into the ground. He's yet to take a hit uh, to that position and and all those things while they're not consciously, no players consciously worrying about those subconsciously your brain, you know, just Darwinism and evolution at itself is wired for self-preservation. And so you're, your subconsciously, your body is self-consciously holding itself back until it can prove to itself that it can go, get back to normal and withstand it. So, so all those things for those key main offensive players um, are, are yet to be answered. I know they look great in practice and they've looked great so far, but they have that. And also, you compound Moss's injury last year with the hand this year, and I know it's going to be fine. And, and broken bones, you know, I, like you said, I played with my fair share of those, and kind of once they're healed, they're healed. But still, you take a helmet right to that shot that you've been rehabbing and it's been sore for the last four months, your brain subconsciously wants to protect it, and that could potentially, I'm not saying it will, but it could potentially open up uh, an area to be exploited by the other team.
1: How much will it benefit BYU's opportunity to win the game if it's, we'll start with Tyson Williams since they say he's starting, runs for 100 yards on the ground?
2: Oh, I think it's, I think it increases their chances immensely. You know, I had forgotten until I went back and watched the game in prep for, for tomorrow that BYU starting running backs were Matt Hadley and Riley Burt. Um, You know, Matt Hadley was kind of journeyman within the program. I played with his older brother, Spencer, and they're great athletes, but he, he was not, you know, he was not to the level of of a running back that Tyson Williams is quite honestly, in my estimation, what Tyson Lopini or a super are. So you know the guy that they trotted out uh, to start the game last year. They now have three guys who are going to take snaps who are you know better than him. And then obviously Riley Burke could never find his on the way couldn't find his way onto the field, and and had to transfer uh, in in hopes to get some playing time. And and so the to be able to establish a run game with what I believe is some warranted hype. BYU's O line has been getting a lot of hype as I have kind of watched them play. I think in the run game, that's. That's definitely warranted. I think in pass protection, at least to me, watching them on film and through fall camp, they have a little bit left to prove. But I do think uh, that they do have the ability to establish a run game. And I think Tyson Williams is a back that can – while he may not be like a Jamal against Arizona back in 2016 where he's breaking four and five tackles on each run, I do think he'll be a guy that when given – you know, even the the minimum, uh, you know, uh, definition of a lane or a hole to run through. I think he'll take advantage and is very capable. If he averages five yards a carry and accumulates, you know, 100 yards in this game, I put BYU's chances of winning very high.
0: Riley Nelson, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, Zach Wilson looked good at the end of last season. He's a true freshman, so now he's had time to, you know, watch film, build on, learn off all that stuff, but they protected him from this part of the schedule. He didn't play the power five opponents the first, uh, the first half of the season. How much is this going to be a step up for him? And how much with that half season under his belt? And then the off season, the look at film, is
2: he ready for this? Yeah, I think Zach will, Zach will rise to the challenge. Now that doesn't mean that he will come out playing mistake-free football that you would see from an underclassman who has 20 plus start or from an from an upperclassman who has 20 plus starts under his belt. There still will be mistakes that were made but I think what is unique about Zach uh is his his preparation that that guy is all about football you know I almost envy him in a fact I was always raised the game won't last forever and make sure you you know are becoming a well-rounded person and focus on your (laughs) grades and things like that and look Jack's doing fine in the classroom and all that but whenever I talk to him or I see him and and especially outside football uh, settings all he wants to talk is ball and that's something I kind of he is all in and so I think he's unique in his preparation I also think he's unique in his confidence and his ability to uh, shake off mistakes. And I don't mean, when I say confidence, I don't mean arrogance. I don't think he'll be out there playing reckless to put his team in in danger. I just think he will show the right amount of assertiveness to take calculated chances to give his team a, a chance to win. And if he does make a mistake, I don't think it will compound itself with you know a mistake in the next drive and another mistake down the game, and he's not the type of kid that spirals down now another challenge that will be for him is obviously he's gotten a lot of kudos and he did show well uh, the second half of the season. It's not like all these opposing opposing coaches, especially coach Scally and coach Whittingham, are sitting back on their heels not noticing they've all noticed, and they definitely want to make their statement to all this momentum that he's built that he built up over the second half of last season come out the gate and squash it by making life really hard on him and uh you know forcing a major struggle in week one
1: how much how much does it help the simple fact that the offensive coaches for everybody except the offensive line are together for the second season in a row now so there's some continuity there
2: i think it's a i think it's a huge thing um Uh, Well, in most cases, I mean, you look, uh, of course, the Deppner staff wasn't as good in in year two as they were in year one, but a big reason for that was they lost Payson Hill and, and Jamal Williams, who were both on NFL rosters, right? So there was a there was a significant talent drop off. This is a different. Not only do you have the continuity of coaching staff, but you also have for the for the large part con- continuity of talent and the continuity of players in the stable coming back. So I think that'll play in in BYU's favor. And I also think that's something that's being a little bit overlooked on Utah's side. I know Ludwig's a familiar face, and Heck Ludwig recruited me to Utah, and he of course led him in, in that magical 2008 season. But the reality is the players. Um, who he's coaching uh, and the offense that he's installing, none of them have any exposure with. So he might. I know he's a familiar face to us fans and he's been at the program before, but to the players, he's brand new. So it's a brand new day one start from scratch install for those players. And I know that's kind of become status quo with Utah with, I think, eight coordinators and eight offensive coordinators in the last 10 years or something like that. Um, but that's that's not to be understated, especially in a week one rivalry matchup on the road. Now they they're hoping that the talent can overcome them, but I gotta believe that it will um, that there's some ramping up that needs to be done with Utah's offense. So from that, from the continuity on BYU's side, and then the the new staff and new implementation of an offense, even though a lot of the concepts may be the same, is something is another reason why I would give uh, BYU you know a slight competitive advantage in this matchup. Riley
0: Nelson, BYU football radio analyst, joining us. So, with the Utes, what what is the biggest challenge for the Cougars? What part of the Utes you think is the is the biggest thing BYU fans should be worried about?
2: Yeah, I think uh, a couple of aspects. As uh, I think back to the last rivalry matchup in Cougar Stadium, and, and Huntley didn't light the world on fire like he was doing in the middle of the season last year, but he still was he still caused fits. Uh, for for BYU using his his dual threat ability. I, I mean, I know that he's going to stay in the pocket and they're running a lot of play action and they're getting him under center. But all that said, if a play breaks down or the need to extend the play does arise, Tyler Huntley is very capable. In fact, probably the most capable dual threat quarterback or threat to run quarterback that BYU will face on their schedule. And so they got to keep him in check. They got to make him. Uh, you know, make decisions, complete on rhythm throws from the pocket because whether he's picking up first downs with his legs or he's extending plays and getting chunk plays down the field, that can, that can uh, make your day pretty ugly uh, in the first place. And then on the defensive side of the ball, BYU has to um, control the pass rush. Everybody's talked about the defensive line. Uh, I think that, like I said earlier, I think the matchup, for BYU, I think they are do have the horses in the stable to be able to withstand uh, that defensive front, but they cannot let Utah pressure the quarterback with a four-man rush. If Utah's going to get pressure on Zach Wilson, BYU has to be good enough to force him to bring five and six and pull guys out of coverage, because if Utah can apply pressure consistently with a four-man rush, dropping seven, with the kind of talent they have in that defensive backfield, it's going to be a long day for BYU. So those are kind of my two keys on offense and defense, uh, that if BYU can make those two things happen or prevent those two things from happening, they're going to be looking real good as the game comes down to the wire.
1: You've probably had this said to you before, but Riley, you're really good at this. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that, PK, especially from a guy like coming
2: like you who's been around for so long. <laughs> you
1: you know what you're doing, man. You were a great interview as a player, and you might even be better now as you've gotten older. I mean, you are really you're just really good at it.
2: Well, thanks. I think uh, you know I, I look up to. DJ and PK have been holding it down for so long, decade longer, I can ho- only hope to you know, contribute to the uh, football sports media. I know you guys cover all sports, but at least do my part in the college football media and uh, enrich the game for fans. Bottom line is I love the game. If it, if it weren't for the volatile nature of, of college football coaching and the stress that I see those guys, you know, 40-year-olds looking like, Sixty-year-olds, I probably want to coach, but <laughs> <laughs> this media this media gig's a lot better because I get to do all the fun stuff and none of the nasty stuff that nobody wants to do. So I love the game, and I hope I can uh, be a part of it in some way for as long as I can.
0: Well, I think you've chosen the right path here, and you've avoided uh, you know a flight out on a Tuesday morning at six a.m. to go recruit. So I'm staying away from <laughs> exactly. that and that's a positive. Riley, thanks yeah. for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, fellas. Talk to you next week.